Okay, Houston, we've had a problem here. Say again, please. Uh, Houston, we've had a problem. Hi, I'm Andrew Wallace. Welcome to the We've Got a Problem podcast, where each week we explore inspiring stories of struggle, success, and solutions to prevalent problems and how our guests have turned a problem into an opportunity. This week, I'm talking to Evna Curry, founder of AssertiveWay.com, which offers communication training, workshops, and an opportunity to engage with a community of professionals looking for ways to improve their assertiveness. Now, this is hugely impactful, I think, for our lives today and something that I could use and almost anybody could use. I think we all need a communication kind of tune-up now and then, and I'm really excited to talk to you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, and I'm super excited to be here and share some stories as well. Yeah, so, I mean, one of the things that I like to focus on on this show is how we can lead richer lives and be better people and and live up to our full potential, right? And that's kind of right up your alley talking about assertiveness, because communication, being able to communicate what, what you're trying to do, what you want to do, and understand communication styles and what would be effective uh, in, in, say, not just getting what you want, but having yourself be heard is so crucial, especially in today's workplace. Now, we kind of have a little bit of a problem, um, don't we? Which I, I think you said people just don't, they don't like speaking up or are they afraid to speak up? Both. Well, they are afraid of speaking up and they definitely do not like the idea of being assertive. <laughs> well, so that's, I, I, do, do, is it because people conflate being assertive with being rude or standoffish or, or being perceived in a different way? What's the reason behind that? So it's exactly that. If you look at the most common expressions that come up in Google, if you go Google and you search, you know, how to be assertive without... And then you'll get how to be a sort of without being aggressive, how to be a sort of without being rude. And people are just really concerned about coming across in the wrong way. And then as a result of that, getting backlash, getting retaliation, not yes. being liked anymore by people, being rejected and just being seen as a bad unkind, uncaring human being. And pe- most people don't like that, don't want right. that. No, for sure. I mean, I, we, we all we all see the point, I think, most of us, unless maybe you're missing a, a, a screw or two, that, it's, that, you, that you catch more uh, flies with honey than you do with vinegar or whatever the, the term is. I'm, I'm screwing up the idiom. But that, that you, you get a lot further if you're not rude, if you're, if you're polite and pleasant, and if people like you. I mean, you, it, you, you can get pretty far on, on brains alone if you keep coming around the side. But eventually, <laughs> I, I think it, we, we all kind of see the benefit for not being rude, that, that, that you don't want to have somebody in an interaction, leave that interaction with a negative feeling. And if there's a way to be assertive without being rude and have people respect you instead of, uh, you know, not, <laughs> then I, all everybody wins, right? I mean, that's that's the kind of win-win. So what's your what's your background here? How did you come to focusing on assertiveness? Were you always assertive? Were you just born that way? You were just the, the, the go-get-em kind of, kind of lady or what? Well, you know, most people are born assertive. 
okay. enough. At least they don't know specific techniques. They're not very sophisticated, assertive people, but they are able to at least express when they don't like something, right? Even if it's crying or yell, whatever it is, they're at least able to express themselves. And we learn to not be assertive. We learn to be passive or to be aggressive, usually when we're growing up. And that was my story. I am an incredibly big people pleaser. I was super introverted, very quiet, very shy, the nicest girl in the block, and always trying to please others and also like really high in social anxiety. Now, all those things are different, but at the same time, they, they correlate into some extent. So the most important one is the fact that I was trying to people please, trying to keep people happy, trying to not disappoint others and not bother anybody. But then luckily I got through, I started working through those early on in my teens and twenties. I got, I dealt with the social kind of anxiety issues and all of that stuff. But then as I entered my career and I was okay with a lot of my people issues, I started to face the lack of assertiveness issue. Like you said, I started feeling like I was getting stuck. I was really studious. I got great, good grades, went to great schools. All that was working and serving me until I got my first job. Okay. And then things started falling apart because that was not good. That was not enough anymore. Sitting down, working hard, doing great analytics was just not enough. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, that I talked to somebody, my last guest uh, mentioned that He's, a, he's an excellent musician. And he said, look, you can be a Mozart-level musician, but if you don't know how to promote your music, you, you'll never be heard. So the people who are best at promoting, in this case, you know, the, the, the analog would be the people who are more assertive are going to be the ones who, who are able to push forward, no matter whether they're better at the actual job or not, when, when they can't... Uh, when when they're when they're not able to to utilize their skill set and and get out there and and show it and mention and and all those things, I, then yeah, I, you're, you're it's not enough. You got to have it's you got to have both of them to 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 move forward. So how how did you how did you address that problem? Yeah. So before I share how I address that problem, I love what you said, and I want you to think about just think in, in your in your memory right now. If you know any really great leader who is passive and people pleaser and submissive. Yeah, I can't think of one. But I can't think of one either. It's it just does not exist. There are introverted leader, great sure. leaders, but not passive submissive ones that are doormats. If you look at the you're right, if you look at the at the big leaders out there, introverted, sure, plenty of those, but not passive people they're not then then you're not the leader that you're you're oftentimes a follower yeah you it's much easier to find aggressive leaders yeah than it is to find the passive leaders you just do not find and that's what i realized in practice like i was disappointing my boss because i wasn't following up with people i wasn't holding people accountable i wasn't being able to influence and persuade in order to do my job right and then it worsened when i got my team my first team (laughs) Then it got it became a complete disaster. Because you need to write, and that if if I, it's the same thing. Like if if you don't have a plan for your life, somebody else is going to have a plan for you. If you're not able to assert yourself as the leader, 
totally. I can imagine that would be that would be huge. What did you do? So here's where I got lucky. In that first job where I actually became a manager, had a small team initiative for people, and then I expanded. I actually had a, a boss who taught me in practice how to be assertive and how to speak up. And it was, I would say it's like a one and a half year training, but it was highly intense. Now, I'm just going to share with you my first day of this new role, this new company, new job, new boss, new team, first time team that I ever had. And I was used to being told what to do. Like the little girl, you, you're told what to do, you listen, and you execute. Right. And that had been serving me perfectly until then. Sure. So at that point, that first day, my boss gets me, says, hey, we, I have an important meeting with the head of supply chain of this massive retail company. I was in the entire country, multi-billion dollar company, and I want you to come with me. I was 24. I get in the car with him. He shows me some documents, some data of what's going on. And we get to the meeting. I'm like, okay, I have a strategy here. I'm going to stay quiet. I'm going to listen and I'm going to absorb what's happening. And my boss did not, he was not in for that strategy at all. Within just a few minutes of this meeting with with this other guy, so this director of supply chain for this entire company, he turned to me and said, Ivna, what do you think? What's your opinion? And then he asked me again and again and again in that same meeting. And both of these guys are in their 50s, 60s. I'm 24, the shyest girl in the (laughs) that you could ever think of. (laughs) I have no idea what I'm talking about. I have no idea what supply chain, how it works or what it is. And I'm being asked for my perspective over and over and over again. We get back in the car in the taxi, on the way back to work, he keeps asking me, what do we do next? What should, what's my view again? How do I think, how did I think the meeting went? And that was just the indication of how that next one year and a half was gonna be. Yeah. Got back to the office and he said, okay, go de- deal with your new team. Sat with my team members. They were frustrated, they were angry. They said that I was not going to help. I was not going to change anything. And they were telling me they were telling me how they wanted me to lead them, which was to hug them and be cookies and be their best friend because they had a boss in the past that was like that. And I'm like, that's not the kind of person that I'm going to be. And so yeah. we had immediate conflict on, right yeah. there. On immediate, right away, you guys were. Yes. Uh, yeah. At, at, Even though at, at, I was listening and caring and trying to be help, you know, helpful, but they were really frustrated, resentful, and angry because there's a lot of change happening, and new bosses represent change, and nobody, most people don't really like that. Right. No, change is uncomfortable. uncomfortable. It's status quo, right? And people want to be in the comfort zone. That's a, a theme on this show time and time again is, look, nothing really happens in the comfort zone. It's just, it's where you are, you're just bopping along. You're, there's no growth. There's no learning. You've got to get out of the comfort zone to start making progress. And it's best. And I, I take this from one of my earlier guests, uh, who, who who said, "Look, the uh, Kevin Palmieri from from Next Level University said, you want to stay out of the anxiety zone, which is above the learning zone. You know, if you can stay out of that section and just move along in the learning zone." 
out of your comfort zone, not comfortable, but things are gonna gonna change and, and happen. And that's where that's that's how you progress because you cannot make progress in the in the comfort zone. But that's where everybody wants to stay. It's just well, that entire year for me was incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> Probably you were right at the top of the learning zone and maybe just moving in and out of the anxiety zone, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was definitely moving into the anxiety zone on an almost daily basis, just slightly. <laughs> so what's the trick? What how how do you I mean, obviously, you guys have have trainings and everything on the on the website that will be directing people to but how do you take somebody who's without having to go through a year, year and a half pro, uh, process, how do you take somebody from, what's the mental switch that has to flip for somebody to, to, to be assertive without being rude? What, how, how do you do that? Well, two things. They need to understand that, first of all, being assertive is not being aggressive and rude. It's the, very much the opposite. It's to communicate and express yourself fully indirectly in a very respectful way. Right. And second, they need to not rely on their confidence to have those conversations, but on courage. What's the difference? You, people are scared. They will be scared of ruffling some feathers or making people upset, and it's going to happen. It could easily happen as you're learning, you're experimenting. But the important thing is for you to have an end goal in mind and know that you're moving towards something better. And the courage is going to help you experiment, try new things and find a better way to communicate and change the way you are. Like some people think, Oh, you know what? I'm not an assertive person. You know, it's, that's just not me. It's not my personality. Well, it's a skill. It's a skill that you can develop. And like anything in the world, you got to work on it and develop and create your own signature communication that actually works. Well, I think have, of it you, like a muscle. Like you got to work. You got to. You got to get your your repetitions in. You may not be expert at it right away, and I I wouldn't expect to be expert at it right away. You've got to practice, 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 and get more comfortable with it. You will get more comfortable with it, and over time, confidence. And I think, in my view, speaking up is the quickest way to feel more confident because when you actually speak up, you're having those interactions, you're you're expressing yourself fully, you're being authentic and you're, you're driving the interactions towards the things that you're interested in or even your agenda. But if you sit on, on, on the sidelines, people are going to take control over you and you're going to feel resentful and frustrated and angry. And it's just going to worsen your relationships. Yeah. Well, that's I, so often. Um, I think the the mistake that people make, and and take it out of work for a second, and go to interpersonal relationships. Just talking to a potential uh, a date or, or romantic partner or something. Uh, that so often early on in dating relationships, people think that they need to be somebody else to please that other person like you say the people pleasing gene that 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 a lot of people have and mold themselves to what they think the other person wants and that's that's almost 
always a strategy for failure, right? Because that's, you're not being authentic to yourself. You're saying the things that you think the other person wants to hear. You're, you're, you're being somebody else and being half of, half of yourself. Whereas if, you, if, if somebody says something that makes you uncomfortable, to stand up and say, that makes me uncomfortable is a huge step in the right direction. Without being, you know, you don't have to attack them. You don't have to, to say why. You just, this is to state the feelings like, whoa, that makes me uncomfortable. And that can also even help you get past being uncomfortable, right? Like, ooh, this is new for me. I, I'm going to have to think about this for a second. I, give me, a, you know, that, that's, a, that's a wild thought. I don't know what to do with that. Uh, let me process that and get back to you is way better than, well, no, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know how we, we're, we're going to go. This. Stop asking me all these questions. <laughs> you know, I, there are so many situations where being, in a sense, assertive and not being aggressive um, is, is, is key. And I think there's also a potential for overdoing it when you haven't been assertive and it's kind of festered and grown and and you know the moldering sanctum of 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 horrors that come out of you if if suddenly you 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 do find your assertive voice and then you go you overshoot the mark just just a little bit uh for for, for some of those things and that's also probably not the way to uh to regulate interactions especially at work where oh even it's crazy i can't believe she said that why would she she just went off on that guy over there i you know can't believe she she, she did that so I, part of it is you talked about ruffling feathers the the perception that that people will that they don't want to ruffle any feathers they don't want to make waves they they want to to just glide through and i imagine that people who who start to be assertive and who were known to be doormats let's say and i use that that term uh, uh politely but that that in a sense somebody going from not being assertive at all to 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 starting to assert themselves will surprise people who thought they could just roll over them previously that 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 now they they do start invariably they may ruffle some feathers merely by not letting the other people have their way all the time Un, unquestioned. Did how do you deal with with that kind of perception? Is are there tricks and tips for for that? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely you're right. There, they're, there's definitely that element, that factor, and people will resist, especially those who are used to <laughs> leveraging you, taking advantage of you for their own benefit, and. Yeah, there are many things that you can do. It depends, obviously, on the relationships that you have. If it's someone that's important to you and that you have, you know, you want to have a long-term positive relationship with them, you can always let them know, and I've tried this, listen, I'm going to start some changes right now. You're going to notice that there will be some changes. I am going to work on being more assertive, on speaking up more and expressing myself more, and I you can invite them to support you in that process. That's build alliances with people. Build build yeah. alliances. Yeah, yeah. That's a, 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 that's a key business strategy 
key 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 life strategy. I say business strategy. <laughs> key life strategy is building alliances. I, I, again, it's been a, a common theme lately among guests who say, "Look, people look at at competitors as competitors, and they can be for sure. But if you build alliances with what would otherwise be your competitors, you're in the game together. Most of the time, we all have more clients than we can." Than, than any of us can serve. There's plenty to go around. We're not really competing so much as we should be trying to elevate the practice, let's say, of, uh, of whatever. We should all be wanting to be more assertive because really, if in a, in a unilateral dictatorship, that's when things go off the rails because you can't be right all the time. And somebody else probably has may have a better way of doing something or a better answer or a better anything, a better approach. You want people who are willing to question you. That's, I think, when, when CEOs and celebrities and whatever go, go off the rails is when people stop feeding them good information, when they start giving them what they want to hear, not their true opinion. The, con- the moment of confrontation is, is not as scary as it seems. It's always scarier in our imagination beforehand than it is in real life. And the fact is you can always fix something that goes wrong. There's always an opportunity to fix it. But when you don't take action, when you don't say what you need to say, then then you can't fix it. Yeah. Because you never give it an opportunity in the first place. So I'm all for try and remediate later if you need to. Because there's always a second opportunity. There's always a third opportunity. And people are generally way more open um, and and flexible than you imagine if you give them the benefit of doubt, if you treat them with absolute respect and you treat them like humans and with dignity. So being assertive is not that one thing, I'm gonna talk and I'm gonna take dominate and I'm gonna take over, I'm gonna be the alpha person. It's, it, it's, a tr- it's a trade-off. It's just about you being able to express yourself and what you need, make yourself heard by others, like you said in the beginning of our conversation, but also allow people in. Yes. In a perfect yes. dialogue and exchange. That and that's the there's there's a, a sense of of course, like you say, um, courage and and confidence that that goes along with some of these things. But the big one is the interplay, the 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 balance that needs to needs to occur. It it's always about balance. You 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 need to be assertive, but you also need to be lis- able to listen. In assertiveness, the actual theory behind assertiveness, the science behind assertiveness, it does contemplate things like asking people questions, understanding their point of view, inviting them to be part of the conversation. That's actually part of assertiveness. It's not as if it's like a separate thing. Right. And like if, if you're assertive, you're, all you're doing is talking and these things are not part of the conversation. Right, listening or or empathy or, or or being respectful and having consideration and care for others. So you can bring all of those elements of dialogue that bring balance, but also warmth into your into your conversations. Yes, yeah. No, I totally see that. the The idea of of being able to have a conversation. And actually have it be a conversation, not a lecture, is so crucial. 
and oftentimes missed by people. You don't even realize that you're having a, a monologue instead of a dialogue. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and it happens a lot. The, uh, the, I think it's very important for people to be vigilant. Like you said, the balance. When you notice that either the other person is sort of dominating or if you are dominating, then you know there's an opportunity for adjustment. You know what the tools are to adjust. So, for example, if you're a senior leader in a, in a meeting and you got a bunch of you know junior folks, you're going to have to incentivize others, others to talk a little bit more if it's a non-urgent matter topic meeting, right? Mm-hmm. But on the other situation, if you're a junior person and you're in a meeting, yes, you're going to learn, but you're, you're, you're going to listen, but you're also going to try to speak up a little bit. You're, you got to understand that your perspective is important. At some point, you have to make that transition. And, and if you never start speaking up while you're the junior person in the room, you're never going to make it to the senior person in the room. Right, right. Well, and of course, there's the other side of it, which is uh, there a lot of senior people don't think that the junior people have a lot to say. I mean, they, they give lip service to it, but they, they don't really want to hear the opinion of the junior people or have to discuss it, especially when it comes to that proclivity that people have to use reply all to feel like, well, they've got to contribute. The same thing happens on conference calls, right? Gets to the end of a Zoom call and all of a sudden that guy who hasn't said anything the entire time is like, uh-oh, this is going to end. I need to say something. And now we've turned a 30-minute Zoom call into an hour and a half. I, I, I think it comes in with self-respect a little bit, doesn't it? I mean, isn't there a little bit of a, a self-esteem, like my opinion is is valid and worth giving? The knowledge that I have, I, I do have the knowledge and being, uh, I suppose, confident enough to share it. And again, got to practice because you're never going to get there if you don't if you don't get into it. Most people are not contributing earth like earth shattering comments anyways most of this is just random commentary i have a right to make a comment as well and sure. see how it goes and it's all about experimentation i think experimentation is valuable because when yes. you start doing it you'll start knowing where you're adding value where you're not you're gonna get response you're gonna get movement and with that you'll be able to refine what's working what's not working which direction to move towards what to stop doing, like you said, the reply all situation. <laughs> well, I, I think there's there's a component in in corporate culture, and it continues to evolve and be more open and understanding and and accepting. And we've 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 finally come to realize that uh, no matter where an idea comes from, if it's a good idea, it's a good idea, and and that a variety of opinions and experiences and all those things back when it was a white male dominated workforce people just thought everybody thought that way right it's that that old um the the old adage when when somebody was trying to convince a corporate executive to advertise on television on on sundays he said who watches tv on sundays everybody's out playing polo and you go what just so you know tone deaf and out of touch to to like lots of people watch tv on sundays um that 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 that's that 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 people used to think well my opinion is what everybody has and you they wouldn't even ask for it and now at least we're 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 getting exposure to those things but also we go into these into these meetings into these situations into anything in life 
putting more weight on it than it probably deserves to have, right? That, that every word that comes out of my mouth has to be correct. Everything I say has to be the, my numbers, oh, you know, I got, I, ooh, I, you know, I'm not sure whether it's 110 million or 112 million. So I, I shouldn't say it at all until I can check it. Let me get on my phone. Let me double check. And that moment has, has long passed by the time you, you figure it out. Instead of saying, I think it's between 110 and 112 million is, is where we are. I'd have to check that, but I can get back to you. Great. That's, you know, speaking up and giving that information when it's relevant is much better than not saying anything at all. Um, and if you, it, this is not client, this is not client facing. It isn't going out the door right now at this moment. We have time to course correct if, oops, I, you know, it, I thought it was this and it's, and it's that and, you know, I I'll fix it. Again, it's a lot easier. Like you said, people don't contribute earth-shattering things sometimes. And that's okay. That's, that, that's part of the practice, too. Again, we need to be giving people a chance to, to be assertive and to, to, to bone up on that skill, to, to really get there, to flex that muscle a little bit in a safe environment and, and enjoy it. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And sometimes it's it's about in the beginning, right? It might not be about that amazing idea that's going to bring millions of dollars, or tens of millions, or hundreds of millions of dollars to the company to the bottom line. But maybe it's about making people understand who you are, what your view is, what you understand and don't understand, what you stand for. And building, allowing people to be able to come to you later so that you can build a connection with those human beings that could later evolve into something great. Yes. Yes. It's planting seeds. It's that's it's absolutely doing the gardening there. So what would you say is kind of the the biggest fallacy in in your business that 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 you've got to to knock down that you think just is utter bs that people believe excuse me that turns out to be totally false well i work a lot with with women okay right because women are generally the people that are they have the most at stake when it comes to speaking up Mm -hmm. and because they're expected to be nurturing and caring. And when they're just speaking up, it's not seen in, sometimes there could be some element of backlash depending on how they do it. Yeah, I think there's a, du- a, a bit of a double standard still. There is, there is in many situations. Yeah. And men don't face that as much. So if they if they come across as a little bit aggressive, it's like, fine, it's, right, it's men praised. are like that. Yeah, it's, it's praised. Yeah, they they it men are praised for being uh, uh, if they cross the line into into being aggressive as like that's the right thing to do, and if women do it, there's a whole bunch of words that get used to describe that behavior, uh, that are like why if 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 a woman said the same thing in the same way, she would be ostracized and the man would like get a pat on the back. That's, which Absolutely. is disgusting. Yeah, I, I right there with you. And it happens a lot. So women try to deal with this in many different ways. And I'm one of them. I've always worked in male-dominated workplaces. And in places where really I'm in the meeting, maybe I'm the only woman in the meeting. Or there are not a lot of women around. 
And you try many different things. You try to act like a man. You try to talk like a man. You try to dress like a man. You also try to kill your warmth to be hmm. taken seriously. Yeah. And so I would, I would literally not smile when I was talking to superiors or senior leaders in the, in the company because I'm like, if I smile, that's going to come across as weak and as someone who they shouldn't take seriously. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest problems is that by doing that, women are actually inviting guys to see them as more aggressive. So the way I teach assertiveness, especially for women in those circumstances, is you got to be 100% assertive. That means firm and confident when you need to say something, express yourself, whatever that is. But don't eliminate your natural warmth. Include your warmth on top of that. Yes. You can and do what both. What makes you you? Yes. Yeah. Right. It's not a. It's not a, 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 a either or situation. It's they're not mutually exclusive. You can you can be warm and be firm at the same time. And you're better off doing both at the same time. Without now, obviously, all of those um, weak elements, those that language, those things that women and other people as well, but especially women, feel like is friendly that makes them come across as. As, as friendly and approachable, like, you know, the justifiers, the, you know, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure, the apologizing, all that stuff, that gets in the way. So that mm -hmm. needs to be eliminated, cleaned out so that you have pretty much your assertive statements and helpful warmth. And that's it. And your personality yes. on top of that. Yeah, I can, and I can totally see that. The, the cleaning out all those um, the, those uh, they're not even verbal ticks, but I kind of think of them like that. Those habits of hedging your speech. I'm not sure that this is the case. I don't know. Well, but I, it's something like it's a little bit around feeling a little bit this way, and and, and it takes all the uh, strength out of the 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 phrase. Right? You're, you're not being assertive when when you say, "I'm not sure about this. I don't know very much about it." I, I, I don't think this is the case. Maybe it's this, but if it is, it's, I don't know. That That is not, certainly not going to be perceived <laughs> as being a strong statement. And it's, so, it's also important to make sure that your body, so when I talk to uh, female leaders, for example, they're very concerned with their body language and nonverbals as they mm -hmm. should be. Because if your language is one and your body language is another and your nonverbals is, is completely different, People are going to listen to your nonverbals. That's what they're going to believe in. And not only that, by having those two things be different. So you're, let's say, you're being kind, uh, you know, be kind with your words, but you look upset, frustrated, and angry with your nonverbals. Not only are going to people believe that you're upset, frustrated, and angry, but they're going to start not trusting you. Yeah. I was going to say that you, once you, because you, you you rely on the nonverbals so much that you go what what the real message is in the nonverbals. That's the default, and whatever they say doesn't ever match that. I can't trust this person. I don't know what's really going on inside their head. This is she's shifty. She's tricky. She knows something she's not telling me. All those stuff. Evil, evil, even I can't believe you would do that. That's horrible. Um, yeah, I, I, so, I mean, along with that kind of what's the most, 
what's the most underrated concept, right? You think the most, the, in a sense, the, 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 the biggest fallacy is that people think they've got to kill their warmth and you know, focus on, on being more like the other people, more like the men or, or whomever else, and, and lose the sense of self. And in fact, that's totally not the case. But what's the most underrated concept that, that people overlook in, in becoming more assertive and in doing those kinds of things? And I, I, we may have talked about it already, so if we have. Well, there's a couple of things. So a lot of people that I work with, they, they see themselves as really kind and caring and genuine. But when we break down exactly what they said, they realize all the microaggressions that they've been <laughs> doing with others. And like, no wonder they're not collaborating with me. You know, small things. I'll just give you a few examples. Like when they do speak up, they actually come across as complaining. They don't literally say, this is what I want from you. Or they become super defensive. Yep. When other people do anything, they say anything, they give them feedback, they, they act in, in a certain way. And defensiveness is not helpful. And that comes across as, as, as aggressive as someone who is just not relatable, is difficult. And insecure. Yeah. And insecure. So nobody wants that. Because people don't know how to deal with these situations and have these assertive conversations, then they automatically assume that other people have bad intentions, that they want to hurt them, that they're the victim. And that doesn't serve them. That just worsens the entire nonverbal situation and the microaggressions and just creates, it just complicates the whole thing and creates real conflict. Yes. While actually having conversations and speaking up is not conflict. And no. You're able to confront without being confrontational while issues are not a big deal. It's such an easy thing. It's like a dialogue. I, the, what I'm fascinated by is the, the idea of, of somewhat of an analysis later going, well, you say that you, you, you think of yourself as kind and all these things, but all these microaggressions are coming through in, in what you're saying. Probably, would you say because people aren't being assertive? Yes, definitely, because you you build that resentment, that anger and frustration, and that's just natural. You you can't help it. Even after I tell people, listen, this is what's this is what you need to do, they can't help themselves. The next few times they try speaking up, it still comes across. The microaggression still comes out. Assertiveness is all about being in control of a situation as well, right? Being in control of yourself, not of others. Right. Well, I think and so I, when I, they learn how to distinguish that, it really helps. When people overcome that pattern and they start realizing oh my gosh did i actually say that then they're like they start changing and feeling more hopeful about their interactions and their relationships even the ones are not great <laughs> absolutely well i mean that sounds so freeing to 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 find a way to communicate more effectively to be more assertive without being rude, uh, aggressive, those kinds of things. If you want to know more about Evna, join her on assertiveway.com. You can find a free workshop at assertiveway.com slash free. And corporate clients can find information on her corporate services at assertiveway.com forward slash services. I'm Andrew Wallace. We don't have a problem. We've got an opportunity. 